You're invited to the Plan to Profit Photographer Summit. This summit is online, so you can join us from anywhere. This is taking place February 7th, 8th, and 9th. We are featuring 12 incredible summit speakers and one special guest covering topics that range from finances to productivity to marketing strategies and beyond. This is an event that you do not want to miss. I promise this will go down as one of the most impactful things you did for your business in 2024. Head on over to brookjefferson.com slash summit to claim your free ticket. It's no secret that the photography industry can be known for being cutthroat, but it can also be an incredible place of community and collaboration. Our first guest shares the importance of community and collaboration and how it has been so impactful for her business and profit. Danielle Weeb is a wife, mom of two, multi-passionate entrepreneur, and founder of a global community and podcast for women entrepreneurs, Business Babes Collective. Through this brand, she has hosted over 100 events over the past eight years in over five cities across North America and collaborated with thousands of businesses along the way. Danielle, I'm so excited that you're here and I'm excited to give everybody a little teaser of what they're going to hear at the summit because you will be speaking there. But before we dive into all of that good stuff, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions so that people can get to know you a little bit better. So first of all, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you live. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm Danielle. I've been an entrepreneur for, gosh, it's been almost 12 years now that I've been working on my own with different projects. And I'm currently the founder of a global community of women entrepreneurs called Business Babes Collective. So we do events, pop-up events all across North America, and we also host virtual events. And then we have a podcast and a whole bunch of other really fun things that we get to do. So my job is building community, creating connections, and fostering collaborations between the women in our community, and then teaching them how to do the same thing for their businesses. Yeah, I love your mission so much, which is why I'm like, she has to be a part of this upcoming summit. I'm curious, how did you get started with Business Babes Collective? Can you give us like the short version of how that ever came to be? Absolutely. And I realized I never answered your question of where I live. So that ties into how I started. So I'm from Vancouver, Canada. And so uh, when I started, I realized in my local city, there was not really any type of community that was for kind of younger women trying to start their own businesses. And I felt like everything was very disconnected. I knew of other entrepreneurs like myself who were kind of doing creative things, but there was nothing really for us. It was a lot of kind of stuffy meetings in um, these hotel rooms that you know, most of the people there were men and a lot of them had been in business for a very long time and it didn't really feel like I belong there. And so I thought, well, there must be other people that feel the same way. And so it really started with hosting these little pop-up events and building community that way. And then as I started to grow that community, I realized, wow, like there are so many women who need this and that feel really lonely. I think that was the biggest thing that I realized. And so growing that has been just a wild adventure in so many ways. And any entrepreneur can probably relate to that. And we have pivoted so many times 
during COVID, we also had to shift everything online. We stopped doing events completely. And so anyone, of course, that had an in-person type business can relate to that too. But yeah, it's been quite the journey, but it started with just that first event with, I think there was less than 10 people there. So um, that was kind of the humble beginnings of what, of what we, how we started. Yeah. I love the the journey of how you got here and really how you have become coined for this community person. You're like the go-to collaborator for community, which I know you wear that that badge with honor. And I think it's so cool that that's really the topic that we have defined for you. And so I'm just going to segue into um, you know, the the teaser, I guess. So Danielle's topic at the summit is going to be focused around community and collaborations. And what does that mean for the photography community? What does that mean for you and your local community? And my first question really is, why should photographers care about this topic? Oh, this is so good. So it's so interesting because actually at the beginning when we were starting our community, I did actually collaborate with a lot of photographers and I found it was so interesting because some of them had like such collaborative mindsets and like abundance mindset. And what I mean by that is when you have like a collaborative abundance mindset, it means that you know that there's more than enough business for everyone and that you have your own unique way of doing your craft. So if that is photography, that means that, you know, you know that you have a creative way that you even interact with clients, right? You have a creative way that that you capture these um, incredible moments with these couples or families, whoever you're photographing. And so I found that there was a few people who really wanted to support what we were doing And in turn, that was really cool because I was like, well, I want to expose your business to our community. And so really we started working together. And actually it's so cool because some of the people that we started collaborating with back in, you know, over 10 years ago now, we're still in contact with today and we're still collaborating with them today. And they've just grown their businesses so much. And the, the other amazing thing is that they have been open to collaborating with other photographers and other videographers and other creative people as well, not just people that are outside of their industry, but also inside of their industry. And I've seen how that has skyrocketed their business because they're open to that. And so they've been able to open them, open themselves up to referrals. They've been able to share resources, share ideas, share growth strategies. And so I just think no matter what industry you're in, especially if you're in the creative industry, it's so important to be open to that. And I know for me, I collaborate with people all the time that could be considered my competitors, but that has only ever helped me in my business. It's never hindered me. So I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, no, it does. And you actually already answered my follow-up question to that, which was going to be like, what are some of the direct benefits that you've seen others or yourself have from, you know, getting in a community and collaborating? And and you mentioned those, which was perfect. And I I think too, at, at the end of the day, I want photographers to want that community and want to collaborate, whether it's in their industry or outside of their industry. From more of like a heart set mindset of I just like for impact, like just to just to be a good human being, which I know you are. And I know that's where all this stems from. 
But I think some people, you know, they hear this idea of, oh, I'm going to collaborate with other local businesses in my area for gain. And that's their mindset is what can I get out of this? So um, how do you approach collaborations? Like what mindset or what perspective do you go into collaborations with in your own business? Yeah. So I always try to think about, okay, when I'm, especially if I want to collaborate with someone else and I'm going to go ahead and pitch myself or pitch an idea to someone else, I'm always thinking what is in it for them? What is, what do they want? What do they need? And how can I support that mission? And sometimes I have no idea if and when that will ever come back to me, but it always does. Like, and so I think it's just, like you said, having this mindset of, I just want to be a good human. I just want to support other people. And when you have that abundance mindset, rather than a scarcity mindset of scarcity of time and resources. And I totally understand. I mean, I have two young kids, so I understand I don't have unlimited time. So I do have to be specific with where I put my time, but at the same time, it's like, in what ways, in what little ways can I collaborate or can I support other entrepreneurs? And just knowing that that always comes back, it doesn't necessarily come back the way you think it will, if that makes sense, but it always does. And um, I think too, just even opening yourself up to that is also just a way to practice that abundance mindset. So even if it doesn't directly affect your business in like a really tangible way. I think we always want to know like, what's the ROI, right? Like that's like always the question that we ask in business. And of course we always want to be strategic as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when it comes to collaborations, when it comes to that, it's like, how can I support other people? And then also how can I just, yeah, be, be kind of a advocate for change because I really want to see more women supporting each other in business rather than competing. Cause I think it'll just elevate the industry in general, like the creative entrepreneurial industry. And so how can we be a part of that and never speak poorly about someone else and just always put our best foot forward and always speak positively about others. And so I think that if we can kind of almost see this like bigger vision of what we want our industry to be, it's going to support everyone within that industry of course, including ourselves. So there's like the tangible, okay, if we're going to do a collaboration, how could it be like a win, win, win for everyone? hundred percent. But at the same time, even if like it doesn't directly create an ROI today, how can we be like a part of this kind of bigger mission of creating a more supportive, friendly environment in the entrepreneurial space? Yes. Amen to that. Well, I'm so excited to dive into this topic, the nitty gritty and and a little bit of the how-to during the summit. So you guys, I hope this has at least perked your ears up. Run and go grab your free ticket to the summit. And then before you go, two juicy questions left. I know the listeners are starting to get really into hearing people's answers on this. But will you share with us one goal that you have for either your personal life, business, or both for 2024? Mm, such a good question. So I think for me this year, I really want to just practice being present. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, as a mom of two, as a wife, um, I think it can get really tempting to feel like you need to multitask (laughs) and do all the things. 
whether it be like housework or cooking or cleaning or working on your business. And I find for me, I'm always thinking of new ideas for my business. And then, you know, sometimes it's when you're in your work, you're thinking about everything you need to do in your home life and then vice versa. And so I just want to be present in each moment. So if I am with my kids, I want to just be present there or with my husband, same thing. Or if I'm working on my business, I want to be really present there and not be stressing about everything else. And so that is really something that I think I've gotten better at since I've had kids, but I think I really want to hone that in in 2024. So yeah, it's not like a super tangible thing, but it's something that I'm putting as like an intention for this year. Yeah, it's so relatable. And ironically enough, if you go back and you listen to what everybody has answered on these short little interviews, it is so common. Like it is, everybody is bringing this up. And I think 2024, just in a spiritual sense and in um, just an observation that I've had, it's the year of bringing it back to your family and being really intentional. Like that is just what I have seen plastered everywhere and I'm so excited about it. So I love that that is one of your goals. So speaking of that, how do you define being successful? What does success mean to you? For me, I think success is waking up each day and feeling content. I think there's a lot of times where we chase these goals that we think that we want, or we chase these goals that are like these shiny things that we see other people doing. We're like, oh my gosh, she did that. I want to do that too. And we just go after these things, but really it's not our purpose. And so I think for me, it's really knowing that I'm in line with the purpose and things that God created for me to do, not for somebody else to do. And I think that I personally can get really hard on myself. I know, I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this, but I have these big, this big vision um, that God's put in my life. But also I think that if I fail in some way, or if I'm, if I feel like I'm not living up to that and I'm trying to do it kind of like all on my own, I can get really hard on myself. And I think it's like really getting back to, okay, what can I do today? And then it goes back to my goals, like being present in each moment and knowing that I'm not perfect. I can't do it all by myself. So it's getting the support of others and really just like letting go (laughs) And like being present in the moment and then being content in that I'm exactly where I need to be. I don't have to be 10 steps ahead. And so again, going back to what my goal is for this year, it's great to have these big goals and these big visions. And I love that. I'm such a visionary, but it's like bringing it back to today, the moment right here, right now. And what is that next right step that I need to do in order to get to that big goal that I've set for myself and that's in line with, with my mission. So, yeah. Ah, I love that. Yes. And what a good mantra to have. I'm exactly where I need to be right now. And I I think that's so good because we do get swept up and caught up in comparison or what is she doing or, oh my gosh, am I supposed to already be making X, Y, Z, you know? And it's just so good sometimes to just like, Get quiet with yourself and go back to who did God call you to be? What did he ask you to do? And are you doing it? Because at the end of the day, that truly is, that truly is success and obedience. So 
Such good answers. Uh, I'm so excited. I know that these listeners are like, that's it. That's such a, that's such a small teaser, but I cannot wait to dive in deeper with you and share you with everyone at the summit. We're so excited and I guess we'll see you soon. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait to see everyone. And I just want to encourage you guys, like if you're listening, get that ticket, it's free and you never know what you're going to take away from something like this. Again, for me, community and collaborations, everything. So, you know, you're going to be able to connect with so many amazing people, um, not only with the speakers, but other attendees. So yeah, definitely come join us. And I can't wait to see you there. Our next guest will breathe fresh life. If you are someone who finds themselves completely exhausted and run down by life. We are taking a deep dive into discussing boundaries and why they are crucial for your overall well-being and the success of your business. Ashley Freehan is a productivity and motherhood coach for mom photographers, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and homeschooling mama saved by grace. She is passionate about helping mamas confidently step into their role as the CEO through her podcast and group coaching program, The Efficient Mom Photographer. Ashley, thank you so much for jumping on the show. I'm so excited that you're an upcoming speaker at the summit. But before we get there, I thought it'd be fun to give a little bit of a teaser on who you are and what you're going to be speaking about. So to kick us off, I thought instead of giving the typical, hi, my name is Ashley, fill in the blank with all of those fun things, that I would just ask you some rapid fire questions so we can get to know you a little bit better. So are you ready to kick it off? (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Where are you from and where do you currently live? So I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, and I currently live in Mesa, Arizona. So I didn't go too far. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Do you love the Arizona desert life? There are parts of it that I do love. And as I travel more, I realize how blessed we are with amazing weather most of the year. Our summers are hot, but they're dry, which is very different from maybe some of your listeners and where they live, where their summers are really humid. And so I prefer, actually lived in New York for a few months when I was nannying for a family and I much prefer 110 dry heat to like 85, 90 humidity heat. So just to put that in perspective. Yes. Yes. I have actually, I feel like as Every year goes on. I always gain two or three new online friends and y'all all live in Arizona. And I'm jealous because it seems like where I need to live because I am someone that gets so cold easily and I want to be able to wear short sleeve t-shirts year round. And I feel like you guys just about do that. <laughs> Minus mm-hmm. those harsh, I guess, colder, brisk winters. But other yeah. than that, I really do feel like it's warm all the time there. So that's it such is, a plus. Yeah. <laughs> such a yeah, plus. I think it was like 75 degrees over the Christmas holiday. And I was like, I mean, we go for a little cooler, but it was great. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So jealous. Okay. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your family. Are you married and do you have children? Yes, I am married. And we actually just celebrated our 16 year wedding anniversary yesterday. And we have two kids. Scarlett, who's 12, and Jaden, who's nine. Amazing. I love that so much. 
Family is really important. And I know the photographers we're specifically speaking to, the majority of our attendees at the summit will be married and have families. And I just think that's such an important piece is to pay attention to who you're learning from. I know this is something you and I both share as a value is, you know, watch who you're taking your advice from and who you're hiring as a mentor in business or programs you're investing in. Because sometimes it's in my own experience, I will say it is more difficult for me to take advice from someone that is single, never been married, has no children compared to you know, the different values that I carry being a wife, mom, business owner, et cetera. So I just, I think it's so cool to kind of hear the different perspectives. And we do have, all of our speakers are all in different stages of their life, relationships, et cetera, which again, I love, and that's a great representation, but I wanted to point out the speakers that are the moms and are the wives and that get it, that totally understand the juggle. So speaking of business, how did you get into your photography business and then what you do today? Oh, great question. So I actually got into photography sort of by accident. I think a lot of us maybe have a similar journey where I really loved the idea of taking pictures, but it wasn't until I got married and I had an experience with a wedding photographer that I really understood that you could make a real living out of photography. And so I was like, wait a second, like if my photographer could do it, I could do it. And I sort of had, you know, the naive thought that I could do it better too. Cause I was like, I'm a woman and I know what looks good. And I just did not have a good experience with how he posed me. And it just was not my favorite experience. And so I kind of went down the rabbit hole of getting into photography and just trying it out. And at the time, actually, I was a nanny for a family. And that's actually how I started. So we share our education background. I had a degree in elementary education. And then I was a nanny for a long time for multiple families. And during that time, I didn't have my own children yet, as I was kind of just starting. So I was like, hey, I'm going to take some pictures of the kids I nannied for. And that's really how I got started. And then, of course, over time, you know, things changed. So I started in the wedding photography industry. Then I moved into the brand photography space. And now I'm actually really getting into the food photography realm and photographing food for bloggers because we homeschool and I don't really want to go out all the time and shoot anymore. I can actually just stay in my studio at home and shoot And my kids actually love helping me too. So that's kind of been the progression. And then coaching kind of just happened along the way as well. Oh my goodness, the evolution of your business. That is so fun. And I actually had no idea that you were photographing food for bloggers. I had no idea. That is so interesting. And I know that some ears perked up and they're like, wait, what? You mean I don't have to book clientele and people and all the things. And so I know that right there was probably a golden nugget for someone. So that is so cool. Just a side note, I know we were not even going to talk about this, but I'm just totally curious. How are you getting into getting bloggers as clients? How did that initially happen for you? Oh, great question. So I'm not actually working with bloggers yet. I do have one blogger friend who got me into it that I have photographed for her blog. 
But she had uh, told me about the food photography industry because she is a food blogger herself. And also she does web design for food bloggers. And so when she told me about that, again, like you said, my ears perked up and I was like, wait a minute. Like, I did not know that was a thing. I thought all bloggers photographed their own food. And she was like, well, that's how they start. But then they need actual photographers if they want to keep up with the volume they need to create revenue through ads. So I've learned a lot, but I actually am taking a course right now for food photography. And one of the reasons why I joined this specific course is because at the end of it, they have what's called a buyer's club. And so when you graduate, they allow you into the buyer's club and that's what connects you with food bloggers. And there's like over a thousand bloggers in there that need photographers. And through the course, I've learned that there's actually a really high demand for food photographers. It says for every 10 bloggers, there's one photographer out there. So they need a lot more photographers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so neat. You'll have to keep me posted just because that sounds so interesting. And just as someone that has kind of watched the evolution of your business. It'd just be so cool to see like even 12 months from now, where are you at and what are you doing? So that's yeah. so fun. I'm I'm so happy for you on that note. Okay, so you're going to be speaking at the Plan to Profit Photographer Summit with me and then of course, 12 other speakers. And your topic specifically is all about the topic of boundaries. So while I can't wait to actually dig into the meat of that, I want to give a little teaser and just kind of get the discussion going on boundaries because I know that this is something photographers struggle with in their own life and then, of course, in their own business. And it's one of those topics where we just want to beat around the bush and not talk about it and not actually, you know, look into it. But what's interesting is eventually we all get to a place where we think, oh my gosh, I have horrible boundaries or I need better boundaries. So first of all, what do you, you know, when you hear the word boundary, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So to me, a boundary is a clear division of what you allow and what you don't allow. I like to envision it kind of like a fence, right? I feel like I'm a very visual person. And so when you tell me boundary, I'm like, that's cool. But when you say it's a fence, I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Um, So it really is allowing yourself to set clear boundaries, clear fences, for other people and yourself of what you allow and what you don't allow. That is such a beautiful, clear definition. I I love that. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yes, that is exactly what I picture boundaries to be. What is a common boundary that you see photographers neglect, just flat out don't have, don't pay attention to? Mm -hmm. I definitely would say a time boundary of how much time you're going to spend in your business and how much time you're not going to spend in your business. Because I feel like as entrepreneurs, it's really easy to go one of two ways. Of course, you can fall in the middle, but I feel like you either don't give enough to your business and you kind of just treat it like a side hustle, or you go crazy workaholic mode and you never shut it off. And both extremes are really not a good place to be in. A lot of people fall in the middle, but I feel like we all tend to lean one direction or another. So I've definitely seen that time boundary be something that photographers neglect. Yeah. And it's something that I can agree to because I've been there and done that where 
You get so excited about your business that you get lost in it. And then your business now has no boundaries and it spills over into everything. And then that's when you get this idea of you're dropping balls in all the areas, right? Because you don't have your fences up. And so I love, I love that during your talk, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about the fence. What does it look like? And how do you establish boundaries? And how do you hold yourself accountable to them? I know that's going to be really big too. Personally, though, what is one of your non-negotiable boundaries? Hmm. I have several, but I think one of my personal non-negotiable boundaries is to have a wake-up boundary for my children and an evening boundary. And what I mean by this is I need time in the morning to myself and also in the evening after they go to bed. And my oldest will actually try to push the evening boundary and my youngest will push the early morning boundary. And so what I have established is essentially I in the morning and it changes, it fluctuates with season, It obviously fluctuates with the age of your child, but you can set this up with any age. It's just going to look different. So for me, I tell my kids that the wake up boundary is you cannot ask anything of me until 730 in the morning. My son is an early riser, so he'll wake up at like six and he'll want to be ready for the day. And I have just trained him from a very young age. You can wake up, but I need my time to myself in the morning. That's my self-care time. If I want to be the best mom, the best wife, the best friend, the best business owner I can be, I have to have time to myself. And so I have very clearly Given that boundary, I've had to enforce it over and over again and just remind, gently remind, this is why I need this time. And it's actually been really good. And my son will come in at 7.30 on the dot every morning and be like, good morning, mom. It's time for our special time. Like he knows the boundary and it works. And then the evening boundary is the same. So once our kids are in their bedrooms, they don't actually go to bed when we put them to bed. We put them to bed around eight. They don't go to bed at eight, but that's our boundary for my husband and I. And we say, hey, we are done parenting for now, of course, unless there's an emergency. But it's just been so helpful for us as parents, but also for our kids to understand and recognize that they need time to wind down as well. And they need to also know that we are not always available all the time to create their fun and that type of thing. So that's my non-negotiable for sure. Oh goodness. I love it. And as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking about myself five years ago when I didn't even have a single boundary in my life. And I mean, at all, it's crazy how we continuously evolve into new people. And I was listening to you from like who I am now versus who I was five years ago. And five years ago, I would have rolled my eyes and been like, that's so good for them, but that is not going to work for me. So what do you say to someone that feels like there's just no way, like they just feel like boundaries are impossible. Do you have any advice for that particular person in that stage and mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely feel like when you hear something new, it's your brain's responsibility to try to keep you safe. And so it will constantly try to give you reasons why that won't work because it's hard. Change is hard. It's not only hard for you, but it's hard for your family. It's hard for your spouse. It's hard for your kids. And anytime that I have resistance, 
I always recommend digging into that resistance. So for any listener who's like, I've tried that, it doesn't work. My kid just walks in my room. It's all about consistency and reminding them. Like for a really long time, I had to take my son's hand and be like, hey, we got to go back into your room. It's not time for you to get out of bed yet or get out of your room. I would have a wake up timer clock, you know, that would say it's okay to wake. That just basically meant it's okay to come out of your room. We tried that for a really long time. And when he was younger, it worked. Now that he's older, he still comes down. He still comes out of his room. And I have understood that he likes to come down and at least be close, but he knows that he can't come in my room. So he might sit on the couch and read a book or something, which I've allowed. So as my kids grow, the boundary changes a little bit in the sense of what it looks like. Not that they cross the boundary, but the boundary looks a little bit different. So I would say dig into the resistance. Why are you resisting it? If it's not working, why is it not working? Is it just because you're getting irritated that they keep coming and breaking the boundary and you end up giving in because you're just annoyed? So is it a consistency issue? Is it the fact that you feel guilty of like, well, my kids need me? That's a whole nother topic too, because I feel like, you know, they use the oxygen mask analogy on the airplane that I love to reference. You need to put your oxygen mask on first before you assist your child, because if you are passed out, you can't help your child. And the same is true in reality. When you are prioritizing your self-care, if you do not take the time to make sure that your needs are met, how in the world can you help your family make sure their needs are met? And so it's really, it all comes back to the boundary of what do you need? What will you allow? And what won't you allow? And if you consistently allow people to cross your boundaries, then yeah, they won't work. So it really is all about diving into how to establish that boundary. And we'll definitely talk about that at the summit. Ah, so good. Okay. I love it. Yes. Leave us on that cliffhanger because there is so much we're going to dive into. And I know you gave more of like a personal life example, but I think that's where all boundaries initially start is you find yourself burnt out. Something has to change. And again, you have to put the oxygen mask on at home and clean up your personal life before it spills over into business. So we will be diving into specific business boundaries as well. So if that is something that you guys are interested in. Please go grab your free ticket. We've got it all linked in the show notes. We're going to switch gears. I've got two final questions for you before I let you go. And obviously this time of year, everyone is in planning mode and thinking mode and just dreaming about what they want their business to be. And I would love for you to share with us, what is one of your goals that you have in your life and business for 2024? Oh, this is so good. Okay. So I have a couple and they kind of parallel. So I'm going to share it both. You were talking about, you know, how we've been touching on those personal boundaries And that is actually something that has been a struggle for me in the sense of like spending time on my personal things versus spending time in my business. Like I am very organized in my business. I I have lots of boundaries in my business. And when it comes to my personal life, I think I'm a little bit more relaxed and I'm not as 
planned with it. But what I'm finding is that I am dropping a lot of personal balls, right? And so one of my goals for 2024 is to really lean in and focus more on my personal goals and my, you know, family and household relationship goals, because they're always a priority for me. But when I get busy with business, it's always business is a little bit more of the priority. And so I really want to have you know, a more balanced boundary for both. And then the other thing too, with my business is that I really just want to spend less time in my business. And I really want to get really crystal clear about what I need to be doing in each block of time. But I am going to take some of my work time, I'm using air quotes, I am going to use some of my work time while my kids are at their enrichment program. And I'm going to focus on personal things because I just feel like when I am more fulfilled personally, and I am more taken care of personally, I have more creativity, I have more energy, I have more availability mentally to lean into what I care about the most with my clients. So that's, I think, my goal for 2024 is more of that personal side of things for sure. Thank you for sharing that. I've noticed there's a common theme in what a lot of people are looking at 2024 to be. And I just keep seeing this picture of everyone wanting to come back to the table about what actually matters to them. That just seems to be like this big picture of everyone. I've seen so many posts here in the last few days of 2024 is the year I focus on my family or the year that I focus on my boundaries and myself and things like that. And I just think it's like the most beautiful thing. And what I love about all of these goals is that's really what I created this summit to to really help with is we all go into January 1st thinking this is going to be my year. This is going to be what I accomplish all the things. And and then it ends up like we just fall off the wagon because we we don't have the tools in place to make it happen. And that's what I want this summit to be for photographers. So that's my goal. Fingers crossed that people are able to come to this summit and just walk away with incredible tools to help them, you know, hit all of these goals that they have for themselves as well. So to close us out, I'm asking every single speaker this question because I think it's so interesting to hear the different perspectives and definitions, but how do you define being successful? What does that mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like the way that I define success is through impact. Who am I impacting? Is it, you know, my family, my husband, my friends, my clients, my students? Like when I get feedback from people that they are learning, that they are growing, that they are pushing those boundaries, maybe those boundaries that they have that are like those fixed mindset boundaries, like, well, I'm just not a morning person, or, you know, I just can't put myself out there the way that you do, right? But when they cross those boundaries, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I never thought I could do this, like, that to me is success, is when I can help someone be someone different and learn and grow. That to me is the biggest success. Yes, I am here for all of the impact. And I'm excited that 
this summit is one tool in your tool belt that's going to be able to help you impact others as well. I know we're going to walk away refreshed, inspired, and hopefully walk away with at least one boundary to put into practice. So thank you so much for sharing all of this, giving us a little insight into who you are and what you're going to be speaking about. And we'll see you at the summit really, really soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And I can't wait to see you all there. Run and grab your ticket for the Plan to Profit Photographer Summit happening February 7th, 8th, and 9th. Head to brookjefferson.com slash summit to grab yours. And while you're at it, invite a friend. We will see you so soon.